Hello once again and welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. It is, uh, to say the least, pretty interesting interesting around here right now. We are currently where I live in uh, southern New Jersey. We are under a tornado watch. It's going to be an interesting night with the remnants of Hurricane Ida. So if you want to send a, a few prayers our way, I would really, I would really appreciate that. It's going to be, you know, we don't know really what to expect. Um, you know what we talked about on the show yesterday, the idea of fear and how we can easily focus on the what if as opposed to the what is. The what if meaning, well, what's going to happen? How, are we going to get hit with an actual tornado? Is the weather going to be really severe around here as opposed to the what is? Because right now it's all imaginary, but it sounds pretty ominous. You know, you listen to the, the forecast. Um, but the what is, is that God loves me. God is in control. He's more powerful than any problem I can ever face. And he's with me right now. That's the what is. That is unchanging. So God, the what is, is bigger than the what if. But as I told you yesterday, it's a constant process, especially for somebody like me. And you may be able to relate. Somebody like me who has a tendency to play that, will go down that what if road. Um, but it's a matter of, at least this is what I do. And I think we do this a lot on the program. Uh, we, we sort of pivot and move away from our problems and, and take the focus off the problems. All the while not ignoring them. You know, we have to be concerned. We have to respond. But spend more time focusing on an all-powerful, almighty, and all-loving God, you know, and, and that's what we try to do. So that's what I'm doing right now. I am glad you are here with me. Hey, today on the program, here's what we're going to talk about. If you happen to get my daily email reflection, you, you already know what I'm going to touch on. This gives me a chance to talk a lot more about it than I could in the email. Why doesn't Jesus always heal the sick? And, and this is, I would call this the elephant in the room, this is when it good now today the gospel from today's mass we're going to see Jesus performing numerous healings this this message this idea of healing can be so difficult for so many of us because we see time after time after time in the bible everyone everybody that came to Jesus was healed in some way but when we have a sickness when we have somebody who's sick we're praying for i think every one of us has at one time or another encountered that situation where the person doesn't recover, where either their their chronic illness remains or or they die. So so there's that that I call it the elephant in the room where we're going to have to address this because this can get in the way of our faith. We either need to figure a way to explain this, or we're going to be really uh, maybe afraid to pray for healing. I believe that we should always pray for a complete healing. But there are some times when even though objectively Jesus would like to heal in the bodily ailment of every one of us, there are times when he chooses to either delay that healing or to deny it. And I think understanding that and accepting it is going to bring us all a lot of peace. So I'm going to give you my take on it on the program today. I think um, I think this is a problem for many of us, many of us who become frustrated and anxious and begin to worry. Uh, we start to think that we're in big trouble. God does not answer our prayers, you know. And uh, and I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about on the program today. Hope you are having a good day wherever you are. I hope you're uh, comfortable. 
Hope you're uh, out of the elements, you know, with this hurricane barreling from south to north. Um, a lot of people are really threatened by this weather. So I hope you're okay and, and know that I'm praying for you, whatever your situation. So speaking of prayer, why don't we turn to our Father in heaven now and let's pray as we begin our program. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Father in heaven, I want to thank you for being with us today. Father, thank you for creating us. Thank you for loving us with an unconditional love. Father, thank you for providing for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived right up until the present time. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world. Thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit to live in us and to transform us into the image of Jesus and to allow our lives to bear good fruit. We thank you, Father, for the fact that you forgive us no matter how many times we come to you and ask for forgiveness you will never turn us away we're grateful for that father we present to you all of our needs i'm going to lift up this uh this current weather situation not only for where i'm at right now but i'm going to pray for anyone who is either recovering from the damage caused by hurricane ida or maybe in the path of the hurricane Uh, we're going to pray for all the people in Haiti who are still recovering from the recent earthquake. We're going to pray for those in Afghanistan and that whole situation that uh, that peace can be restored, order can be restored, and that uh, the lives of those who are in danger in that very volatile region can be protected. Father, I ask for a special outpouring of your spirit. Please give me the message for today's program. I realize it's a tough talk. Um, and it, it's something I, don't, I want to make sure I get right, and I'm going to need your help to do that. And finally, I pray, Father, that all of our minds and hearts can be open so that we can hear and put into practice the message you have for us today. Father God, we ask these things in the name above all names, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I can't always explain the direct results of prayer. None of us can. It's a mystery. But I do believe this, even though I can't necessarily come up with a quid pro quo response to prayer. I offer this prayer, I get this in return, or this happens as a result of my prayer from God. I, I can't. But I do believe that whenever we pray, something happens. I really, really believe that. And I believe that by faith. So that even though I can't always see, I can't always see the results of my prayers. I might not be able to always see the results, but I believe through faith that whenever I pray, something definitely happens. So I thank you for joining me in prayer. I thank you for joining me on the program. I thank you for all of your comments, all of your uh, your donations to my ministry. And You know, if you've been here with me for a long time, I'm really grateful. If you're new, I'm grateful that you decided to stop by and hang out with me. We do this Monday through Friday for 30 minutes on this podcast. And then don't forget, I have a weekly program. It's called The Gary Zimak Show. You can download that. It's a 30-minute program which focuses on the Mass readings for Sunday's Mass. Uh, you can download the program from wherever you got this podcast. And if you're in 
Um, if you want to check out my website, followingthetruth.com, you'll see that there are a number of radio stations across the country that also carry the programs. You might want to check that out as well. Hey, while you're over at the website, um, take a look at my books and uh, find out. You can find out if you're interested on how you can bring me to speak to your parish or to your conference. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go. You know, we're talking about Jesus not healing the sick sometimes. And um, what I try to do on this program, even though I don't like to do it, I sometimes, there, I, I got to be honest with you, there's a tendency I have to want to take the easy approach. Sometimes the topics are just ones that I would rather not deal with because the answers are somewhat elusive or mysterious. I think this healing process is one of them. I can't explain to you why some people get healed bodily and some don't. I can't explain that. I can't explain why it sometimes takes time for a healing. I can't explain why when one prays, Jesus will hear, heal in a miraculous, instantaneous way for some. Others, he chooses to, to deliver the, the healing through a more ordinary way. Healing at the hands of the doctors and medicine. He, I, I can't explain why he acts one way at one time and another way at another time, but I do know that he does. So much of this involves faith, it involves trusting Jesus, and it involves mystery. In other words, I can't always explain. Sometimes the answer is, I don't know. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll be honest, that we can explain, I'm going, to, I'm going to attempt to give an explanation of some of this mysterious process of healing. We will look at the gospel from today's daily mass. It's from Luke chapter 4. I'll attempt to give uh, some explanation. But a lot of this mysterious process of healing as well as prayer, it involves just that mystery and and learning to be okay with, I don't know. Because the sooner we can be okay with the mystery of God, and, and it really does make sense because he's divine and we're not. There are going to be some things that we can't understand about him. The various gifts of the Holy Spirit help us to get an insight into the mind of God. He, he, li- he gives us some insight. It's not like we're completely in the dark, but there are times when it just doesn't, things just don't make sense to us. And the sooner we learn to live with that uncertainty, the more peaceful we will be. I'm not telling you that I'm an expert at this. I'm not telling you that I'm able to do this all the time because sometimes I'm not. But I've learned that when I do enable myself to say, hey, I don't know, and that's good enough. Lord, I'm going to trust you anyway. When I do that, I'm peaceful. When I probe for answers, and you know, sometimes it's okay to ask God for an answer because he will give you an answer from time to time. But there are times when he doesn't. And the question has to be, the question is, am I willing to accept, trust me, as an answer from God? And, and that's not a feeling, that is a conscious decision. We can trust at the same time we're scared. I do it all the time. I say, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I'm terrified, but I have chosen to put my trust in you, Lord. That does require work. That requires some effort on our part. And it involves really focusing on the various truths of the faith 
as opposed to the potential what-ifs of the problem, which a lot of times are just that. They're what-ifs and they're imaginary. Many times these severe issues that I've been worried about, and I talked about this on yesterday's show, they don't, they don't end up becoming reality. And, you know, you, you end up in a, it's sort of a, a losing, it's just a complete losing situation where if you have a, an imaginary problem, for instance, me right now in this uh, tornado watch, tornadoes may or may not happen. But if I dwell on the possibility of the damage that can be inflicted and the injury that it can occur, if a tornado does strike in this area, even though it's technically at this point in time an imaginary situation, it may or may not happen. At this point in time, it is not reality, right? But even though it's imaginary, if I dwell on it and all of the things that can go wrong, all of the what-ifs, I'm going to feel negative feelings and I'm going to experience fear over a situation that hasn't even occurred yet. That doesn't mean I, I'm not concerned. That doesn't mean I shouldn't take precautions. I should. And God wants me to do that. But if rather than focusing on what if, what might happen, what if I focus instead on the what is the reality of the power of God, his love for me, and his presence with me right now? Then the feelings begin to shift. But, you know, it's not easy to do that. Many of us have been worrying and trying to gain control over our lives for a long time now. And that habit is hard to break, especially if we're really used to it. It takes effort on our part. But I'm going to tell you, the more we try to do that, the more we put the effort in to do that, the more reward we will experience and the more peace we will feel. So you'll hear me talk about this a lot on the program. Right now we're going to talk about the, the mystery of Jesus healing people. You know, you might be in need of healing. You might have somebody in your family or a friend who is in need of healing. And you're praying for that healing, that bodily, physical healing to come about. Maybe it's not happening. Or maybe the person died. Where do you go from there? And that is a very, very valid question. It's a hard one. It really is. So I'm going to do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit. I ask the Holy Spirit to help to try to make a little bit of sense of this while really falling back on the fact that so much of what God does is mystery. And that's where he asks us to trust. The gospel from today's Daily Mass comes from Luke chapter 4, verses 38 through 44. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, not just a fever, but a severe fever. And they interceded with him about her. So what do we have? We have people going to Jesus on behalf of Simon's mother-in-law, who has a severe fever. Jesus stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. Now we see, this gives us an idea. And this, look, if you're somebody who is in the midst of a a medical crisis of some kind right now, this should give you comfort and hope. Jesus rebuked this fever. He just, he didn't touch her even. He just stood over her, rebuked the fever, told the fever to go away, and it left her. 
just like that. And immediately she goes from having a severe fever to li- from lying down to standing up and waiting on the various individuals in the house, including Jesus. Incredible. This gives us an idea of the power of Jesus. Now, you know, you see what I'm saying? The more you, you, the more you meditate on stories like this, the more, um, the more confidence you have in the healing power of Jesus. Now, this was a physical bodily healing that took place. And that's, that's important. Because sometimes we, we can believe or we can assume wrongly because scripture tells us just the opposite. We can assume that Jesus is primarily concerned with our spiritual healing, and he is. And ultimately, that's really more important. But he never once sent away somebody who came to him for a bodily ailment, leprosy, blindness, being mute, you know, whatever it would be. Never sent somebody away and said, Sorry, but I just do spiritual things. Bodily things, that's not my that's not my game. He does. He heals the body and he wants to heal our bodies. This is an example. This is an example of why you and me should intercede. We should pray for those who we know who might be sick. Because here's an example of people praying, going to Jesus, interceding on behalf of Simon's mother-in-law. It wasn't her that went to Jesus. She had this severe fever. For all we know, she could have been in a coma or in a state where she couldn't even speak. Other people went to Jesus, asked for healing, and he healed her. All right, now we read, At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. So now we have all kinds of people with various diseases bringing others bringing these people to Jesus. More intercession, more intercession here. Jesus laid his hands on each of them and cured them. Jesus laid his hands on each of them and cured them. This time he touched the people. Why did he touch this time? Why did he not touch with Simon's mother-in-law? I don't know. But we see that Jesus heals in different ways, uses different methods. But reading this, it's uh, pretty apparent that it's very easy for him. It's not a, an elaborate process. He just wills somebody to be healed bodily, and they are. Again, these are not necessarily spiritual ailments. Now, listen to this. And demons also came out for many. So now we're talking about spiritual healings as well. Shouting, you are the son of God, but he rebuked them. Just like he rebuked the fever, he rebukes the demons did not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. So we see this power of Jesus, power over demons, power over illness, power over disease. Now at daybreak, Jesus left. Imagine how tired he was. I mean, this guy was busy. At daybreak, Jesus left and went to a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him, and when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, To the other towns also, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So it's it's kind of interesting, sort of a side note, if you want to call it that. Jesus, um, the people were trying to get Jesus to stay. He didn't want them, they didn't want him to leave because they had work for him there. Plenty of more healings probably, and you know, they liked having him around, and he said no. I've got other people to go share the good news with. 
And, you know, that, that tendency that, I don't know if you want to call it a tendency to be selfish. I think we can all do that at times. You know, no, Jesus, I need you. I can't have you go to somebody else. Now, the beauty of the way Jesus operates now is that he is not confined by a, a body, a physical, fleshly body, as he was back 2,000 years ago. And that's one of the benefits of him ascending to heaven, sending the Holy Spirit. He operates on a whole new level. And he that was a voluntary limitation that he allowed himself to uh, to, to undergo when he took on a human body. But that's why he ascended into heaven and he told his, his apostles, I can do more good once I ascend into heaven and send the Holy Spirit because then I can be in more than one place at, at one time. But this whole, this whole situation, we see many people here healed here. We don't know how many people in total, but according to this narrative, again, this is Luke chapter 4, it begins in verse 38. According to this narrative, Nobody was turned away. Everybody who had a disease and came to Jesus was healed of that disease. So so here's what I conclude. This is my opinion. I've read other people who believe the same thing. So, you know, you take it for what it's worth. But I believe that, and I base it on gospel passages like this and, and others. I believe because of the fact that Jesus never turned anybody away for healing, that he always wants to heal us in body. So he wants that physical healing, but also in mind or spirit, if you want to call it that. He wants to hear us, heal us bodily and spiritually because we're bodily, we're creatures of body and spirit. We have a soul and we have a physical body. And we don't want to downplay the fact that if our body is lacking in some way, if we have a, a medical condition or some sort of a disease or an illness, it, it limits us. And oftentimes by healing us, Jesus can really enable us to do more for him, for the kingdom, as is the case with Simon's m- mother-in-law. So I always believe that Jesus wants to heal when I hear of somebody who's sick, I believe that Jesus wants to heal them physically. I make that assumption. And I pray for that bodily or physical healing to take place. And I believe that until he tells me otherwise. And you know, sometimes it becomes apparent that he doesn't want to grant the immediate, instantaneous, physical healing. And then I don't stop praying. I continue to pray for that healing. But sometimes... Jesus allows the healing to take place through the work of the doctors. You know, he works through doctors and medicine, too. He heals in many different ways. And also, sometimes he flat out says, no, I am not going to grant this bodily healing. And either the person continues with the illness, you know, up until the point when they die, or they just they just die. You know, I prayed for people who get sick and who die very quickly. And I've struggled with that, and I, I bet you have too. But what I believe is that Jesus knows things that we don't. So when I pray for somebody to be healed physically, he may know, that even though I believe he wants to do it, he may know that it's better to either delay or deny the healing to bring about a greater good. We saw it with Lazarus. 
He let Lazarus die. Lazarus was not healed. He died. The reason Jesus did that was because he wanted to raise him from the dead. And you can't have a resurrection without a death. You need a corpse to have a resurrected body come forth from that tomb. Jesus had something better in mind in the case of Lazarus. He let him die. But then he raised him from the dead. So, so what I would encourage you to, and, and I don't know if this is going to make you feel better. I hope it does. I pray that you, and, and I think we should all pray for this. I pray that we can all have greater faith and confidence in Jesus so that when he doesn't appear to answer the prayer for healing, or any prayer for that matter, that we can say to him, Lord, I still trust you. I choose to trust you. I don't understand, but I choose to trust that you know what you're doing. And that's how we grow in faith. And that's also how we get filled with peace. Because then we're not so concerned that he's going to answer us in exactly the way that we requested. That's what St. Ignatius of Loyola refers to as spiritual indifference or holy indifference. Sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. What it says is that God knows best, and I'm going to just trust him. Whatever he does, whether it pleases me or not, I'm going to trust that he knows best. So you give me sickness, you give me health, you give me a long life, you give me a short life, you give me poverty, you give me wealth, Lord, it's up to you. Now, most of us, we're going to be working on this. This is, this is an ideal to shoot toward, to aim toward. We're going to be working on this for the rest of our lives, but the Holy Spirit can help us with that. So my prayer for you today is, or my advice for you is, if you know somebody who's sick, please pray for their complete healing. Pray for their physical healing. You may want to lay hands on them. You may not. I mean, we see examples where one time Jesus healed one way, another time he healed, healed another way. That's personal preference. I don't think it makes a difference. You don't have to be elaborate with your prayers for healings. Lord Jesus, please heal this person. Please drive away this illness. You know, Try it out. He might bring about that healing. It might take time. He might choose to go the ordinary route of doctors and medicine. But why don't we leave that up to him? And if a spiritual healing is more important, Let's let, him, let's let him make that decision too. And if he decides to heal that person by granting them death, it might not be easy to accept, but it's something we should try to accept. I prayed for my father when he was stricken with cancer in 2002. He died a month later. Cancer was gone. It was gone. So it's a matter of trust. Thank you for listening, and I hope to be back with you tomorrow. God bless you.